Drunk and Disorderly podcast brought to you by the Launchpad Media. Go to www.thelaunchpadmedia.com for all your fine podcasting needs. Um, I, you know, I never talk about it, but Sounds Like Liberty is a really great podcast. And not just because it had me on, but I love, I, I've only been when? able to watch a, a couple months back. Wow. I've only been able to watch a couple of their, well, listen to a couple of their episodes. Um, but I always love it. It's just, I don't have time for podcasts anymore, but seriously go on launch the launchpad media.com and check out sounds like Liberty. They have a great show over there. It's awesome. Uh, scrolling on the bottom, you can see our links. Uh, there's our YouTube link, our subscribe star link and our anchor link. Um, some of our anchor subs dropped and didn't know that they dropped. So um, come help us out with uh, all of the uh, money stuff. So here's the deal. Here's like legitimately. This is the, so you understand where your money is going. We are about to upgrade our service. Uh, well, the service is about to upgrade and then there will be a tier available that is a little bit higher than what we pay right now that will let us live stream to YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch all at the same time. And that is a huge deal for us because I am lazy as shit. It's not even that I'm lazy. Actually, no, I'm not lazy. I just don't have 20 hours a week to edit. And a lot of my time uh, could be freed up to do other things if I wasn't having to edit videos for YouTube. If it was just there and you guys could go just watch our shit without me having to upload it. And then edit the videos which is actually a huge pain in the butt on my computer because it's not quite fast enough to edit a um one hour video so help us out uh that is way cheaper for us than me having to buy a new computer dre take her away hello and welcome to this week's uh edition of drunk and disorderly so um we often think about what is the best way to bring people into the movement of liberty and uh, get them to think about the principles and uh, what we're trying to accomplish here in the end. And the end result, I think, is happiness. And how do we get there? We think through liberty. How do we, you know, liberty is living your life the best way you see fit without any involvement or interference, especially from the government or other people. So through having a conversation with one of my friends this weekend, she said some things to me about myself that um, I just think are normal, rational things and how you should go about your everyday life. She said, you know, you're very hard. You're one of the hardest people I know. And I asked her to explain. She said, well, when you say something, you stick to it and you really mean it. And you don't, you know, you do everything very, very purposefully. You don't have people in your life just to have them. The people in your life are there because you have meaningful, deep relationships with them. And so that kind of got me thinking about all this. And so um, that's just something I kind of wanted to share with you guys this week. Zach, thoughts? Uh, thank you, David. Um... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That took me a second. Holy shit. <laughs> I tried so hard not to use that, even though I used to all the time pre roads to tit. Yep. Um, I think I wasn't completely paying attention because you told me this already, and but I've also forgotten what you told me. 
And I really apologize. This is I am having a day. I'm a guy, okay. I don't remember shit. But anyway, to the, to the guest. So yeah, let's just go to our guest. Our guest this evening is Jonathan Vanderhagen. Um, he's a gentleman up in um, Detroit, Michigan, who uh, was in a custody battle over his very young son, Killian, and uh, went on to lose custody. And actually, I'm not sure if that's accurate. He, uh, after the trial, he went on social media to criticize the judge and was thrown in the slammer. Luckily, uh, his trial, uh, the verdict came back 20, 26 minutes innocent and he was released. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on our show. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So, oh, sorry, go ahead, Zach. No, no, I was trying to fill air because you're like, I'm going to say something, take a drink, and then let eight seconds go by. So, <laughs> I get out of that, sorry. So what, um, I, I I specifically do not listen or, or research uh, a guest story before they come on because I like to be completely unprepared and take the story as it comes. So he likes to do the opposite of what I did. Right. It's just how I am. Uh, so as much as you are comfortable with, take us through the timeline of everything that everything that you're comfortable sharing uh, and, and talk about uh, what happened and what led to this. Um, I mean, basically along back in 2014, I got together with the mother of my child. We had met probably two years prior, but never got together. Eventually, um, we met up on Facebook and we started talking and she came into my life and I didn't know everything, but um, I have a big heart and she was going through tough times and I helped her out and we developed a real love and stuff like that. And eventually I started to learn more about what's going on in her life. And I've lost a lot of friends to drug addiction and I couldn't save them. You know, I can't babysit them. I can't be around them all the time. And I seen that I was, I was helping someone rewrite their past and have a better life. And I felt like maybe I can save someone through love. So I gave someone a chance, you know, I'm not never been having a drug addiction or anything like that, but I gave someone with a past, a better future, trying not to judge. And we did have a good relationship for a while, but when you're living with someone, things do start to unfold. You can't keep lives going forever. And the more I learned, I tried to leave a couple of times and then eventually randomly she's pregnant and then throughout that pregnancy, we randomly learned that my son had this mysterious birth I had a couple different thoughts about it, but at the same time, I wasn't sure. So I just knew I had a sick child and I had to stick around no matter what, take care of my child and be there for him. Throughout the relationship, I mean, I tried not to judge on the past, you know, so now that we had a child, I was trying to just let all that stuff go. And then through good and bad times, you know, I started to notice things that were happening with my child. And um, he just, 
he was a great kid. I mean, I loved him more than anything. And I didn't, me and his mom didn't see eye to eye, even when it came to him, you know, like he had challenges in life, but I don't, I don't like looking at him like you're a sick child. You know, like I wasn't naive to that. He was born with a medical condition, but he was achieving everything that doctors said he wouldn't. And I always believed in him. So I portrayed my son a lot different than her. You know, like she would always say he, he may never walk. He may always be sick. He may not do this and that. And to me that like something was wrong with that because I don't care who your child is. You're supposed to be their number one supporter and always put them up even when other people doubt them. And I always believed in them. And the doctors throughout time, they looked at my son as a miracle because he had a condition, but it was unlike anyone else that they've seen with this condition. And the mother of my child also had another child with a condition. So I thought, you know, maybe this just happened genetically and it's God's doing. So for a time, I blamed God for things and never really thought about it. But throughout the relationship, when things were going bad, there was this pattern of if I leave her or if I separate myself for a night or a weekend, it leads to me not being able to see my child. And that's something that always got to me is because I've never done nothing wrong to my child. I've always been there for his life. I went over the top to help me and her children, and I cared about them. And I stuck around because I knew – well, I didn't totally know, but I had fears from what I've heard about family court system. So I just knew that my best option of seeing my child every day is to just deal with the problems I have with her and stay in that house to see him 24-7. And certain things that happened with him and her, I didn't really think twice about it because they didn't seem like a big deal. Like sometimes when he would end up sick right around in a appointment for his MRI or something. So I, I didn't really think of it until the patterns continued on over a long time. And throughout that relationship, he was doing great medically. He had challenges, you know, like when you're born with a bigger head, you can't crawl. He, he learned how to roll. And he had physical therapy all the time, occupational therapy, and I kept pushing him to do better and better. And she would flip-flop sometimes, you know, like when we're doing good, she was on the same page as me. It's like, yes, he's this great child. He's going to achieve. But then when we would separate or something's going wrong, then it's like, Jonathan, he's a sick child. He needs to be with his mother. He needs this and that. And it was an ongoing thing. And she would use my child as everything under the sun as an excuse. And I'm the complete opposite. I'm the kind of person like, I don't think there's anything I can't accomplish in the day with having my son with me. It just makes it a little more challenging. Like I've literally had my son in a stroller on the deck while I've demoed it. You know, like he'd sit there and watch me work, you know, like he loved being a part of things. So I never like when I heard her excuses, I'm like, this doesn't make sense, but all right. And the further it went throughout the relationship. Sorry, was she kind of using the kids as like an excuse not to work and things like that as well? Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, I was supporting three kids and only one of them was mine and I was supporting her. And throughout our relationship, I paid for everything. I didn't make much. I did all on one paycheck. I had to work under the table. There's no way to physically make it all happen if not. But 
I refused to pay for her old debts that she owed with other children and courts and all that. And I think that played a part in her court problems that I learned later on. But I told her at one point in time, once when he was first sick, I was like, yeah, be a stay at home mom. You know, like I thought she was doing the right things, you know? So I was okay with being the dad that was gone. Like, not that I want to work that much, but right. I a parent there with him to take care of him. Exactly. I, I, I knew that I'm a hard worker, so I'm the one that can make the most money. But it got to a point where the other dads out of the three other kids, only two live with us. And those two kids, their dads never paid a penny or anything to help support. So it's all on me. And mom, at one point in time, I'm like, all right, it's, it's 2019. Like these kids need things like I can't do all this on my own. You got to yeah. work. And, and she basically wanted to know only one of us work. Like I'll, you be stay at home dad. And I'll go to work. And I'm like, no, like we both have to work. So we both watch the kids. We both work. We're not going to get a lot of free time, but we got to do what's best for the kids. And eventually that caused more arguments. And it was always an excuse. And I learned later on, she, until she met me, she never had a real job. Like it's always been, uh, she was a dancer for a while. And there was other things involved there, but the first real job she had is when we first got together. And then she had to stop doing that because she was pregnant. So eventually when I asked her to go back to work, that caused more problems. And the problems just got worse and worse. And without going into every little detail, it got to a point of depression of I want to kill myself because I didn't know how to leave her and still be able to see my child because I started learning this pattern of hers with the exes of hers. She takes off with the child. Those fathers, like the real fathers aren't part of their life. And there's one father that's never met his daughter and she'll have new dads sign birth certificates that aren't the real dads. What is and that about? So, so she gets pregnant with guy A and she has guy B sign the birth certificate? Yeah, because basically problems happen throughout the relationship. She takes off with the child and then she moves on to new men real quickly. And it's because oh. she's very codependent. I've never in my life, I'm the complete opposite. I'm a very independent person. She's very codependent. So I always had fears when I leave, everything's going to fall apart. I was the only one that drove in the relationship. She's never had a license. Um, I'm the only one that's working. And then when I come home, I'm still doing work, still helping out with stuff. And I was okay with that. But then I started in 2017, I had an injury and that's when everything really started to unfold. Cause I was in that house 24 seven and I started learning all these things that she says that she's doing while I'm at work and she wasn't. And the problems got worse and eventually I was trying to build a strong case to go to court with because I was learning dark things about her. I was learning things that were hard to prove because when you're with someone, which I didn't know there was a word for it at the time, but a narcissist, like they lie and they manipulate a lot. And her prior jobs based around lies and manipulating. So this is something that she's dealt with her whole life. And I've caught her in many lies. But when it got to that point, I was like scared to go in the court system because how she's going to go with lies. So I was like, I'm going to have proof for everything that I do. So I started, that's where the whole digging thing came up with. Like people are saying that's a threat with my shovel. No, I'm a digger. I've dug on people for a long time and it's all started with her 
And I started digging more into the past and into her family history and started realizing like something bad could happen to my child eventually. Like, I don't know when, but it isn't safe for me to leave his side. And I secretly started working on a case and we separated for a little bit and I was right down the street, still paying all the bills and everything. And I think she thought I was going to come back. And eventually I couldn't, the one thing I lied to her is, you know, like I, I lied about being in love with her for like the last half, you know, that's something you have to do. Like when you love your child, the way I love mine, you, you fear for them. What's being with someone that you don't like just to know your child's safe, you know, like, I'm sorry, but it's the reality of it. Cause I knew she would take off and fast forward to July of 2017. That's when it all unfolded. When the cat was out the bag, I say about July 10th, I started talking to my friends and I started digging in the medical records and I started to uncover things. And days later, she takes off with my kid for a month and a half. I stumble back into our house, find disturbing things. I call CPS and throughout my digging, that's what's really upsetting is CPS and the court systems know, knew more about her than I did. I had to dig it up myself. She didn't tell me certain things and I started noticing this pattern. So that's what I was hoping the courts would see when I went to court. Like, okay, kind of like they would do with a normal criminal like me. Like when they took me to jail, they looked at my history and they noticed there's no We're like, what is this? Did he jaywalk when he was 16? Let's see what we can fucking throw at the wall and make stick. Exactly. But with her, all she have to do, it's a no brainer. Like even the, the few times she's been to jail. It's child support. It's child neglect. Like there's a pattern that's been going on. And from what I've learned with people, this pattern goes back to way before I ever met her, like goes back decade or more than a decade now. So I start to fear in this aspect that something's going to happen to my child. And when I started to dig into the medical records, I was finding she was canceling his therapy. Like she didn't know that they type up everything that she says that day. She would tell me on the phone while I'm at work. Oh yeah, I did his therapy. And then I come to find out through records. No, you canceled it the day before. And the sad part is, is they came directly to our house to do his therapy. So all she had to do was go get up. But oh, it, it traces back to, I think she didn't want him to get better. And then I find like the pattern with the special testing. They wanted to figure out how this happened to my child. We went to genetics. They can't find nothing genetically wrong with me or mom. So that started to alarm me. Like, how did this happen? Like, why can't they find nothing genetic? You know, there's nothing wrong with us. So things are unfolding this mystery of what's happening. And I think she knew I was getting closer to figuring certain things out. And when she took off with them, that's when I just started digging everything. And then I started to realize She's been stealing her social security money and she's been doing this not only with my child, but I got bank accounts for both children and she's been stealing that child's money too. Now you got two kids that genetically there's no explanation for. And these doctors think everything is a mystery. Like how this girl magically got a heart trans or a heart defect and how this little boy magically got hydrocephalus water on the brain. Well, I start to uncover that not everything's a mystery. And when she took off with my kid, 
that's when I found more puzzle pieces. I found Suboxone in my house. I found journals of her talking about things to do with her daughter. And I mean, it's like a 20 page letter of, and I know it's very real. When I caught her and brought it to her attention, she says it's just a story she wrote. And it goes in depth about people's names, times, hospitals. And she was not only doing drugs during that pregnancy, which she feels like she's at fault for, she was pregnant with her third child while she was in the hospital with her daughter with the heart transplant. And she was doing drugs during that pregnancy and she talks about it. Well, when that child was born, it is CPS documented that he had methadone in his system. So something done at that time, something should have been done at that time, but they keep giving her these kids back and they hide all this stuff from the fathers. Like anytime we've tried to dig into things, like I've dug into a CPS report after my son's death, 95% of it is blacked out. They keep things from you. Friend of the court helps her out in certain ways because once me and the other father that has full custody of his child start talking, once she took off with my kid, that's when me and him start talking. And I started to realize all the little games and problems and stories she's had are like a spitting image of what I dealt with. And then he starts telling me all the things that he's dealt with through his child with her. It's all matching up. It's all matching up. So then I started realizing some of these times that my son's magically ending up sick, she's being threatened with jail with her other court case. So then there's this pattern inside the court system of mom has a sick child constantly. So it starts to make me believe like, throughout my investigation is like how much of this sick child she wanted because it, it, it helped her make court disappear for a whole year. And that was during our relationship. But when he got better, I told her, I said, you need to start paying for your court stuff, go back to work. And she refused to. And when I was looking for my kid and nobody would help me, it was basically me and my friends searching for my kid for a month and a half. Me constantly texting her. Where's my son? Where's my son? She wouldn't text me and she was heartbroken when we were separated. There was constantly, it got to a point you can see your child and then it hurts too much to see you. So now your mom's got to come pick him up. And it just kept happening. And then there's this pattern of every time he's with her, he ends up sick, but then he comes home with me and he's fine. And it all unfolded. Like when I begged the courts, like, Hey, I need to get something happen. Something's going to happen to my child. I need full custody of them. This isn't a game. Like fathers don't usually come right off the bat. Full custody. Right. I don't, I want to take full responsibility of my child to protect them. And they wouldn't listen. So when that court date went down, August 28th, 2017, I was praying that, you know, court's going to be like it should be. And it's about showing proof. And it's about, you know, like, holding people accountable if they're lying on the stand, they're doing whatever. And everything I had imagined, it became worse. I wasn't given a chance to talk. Nobody was listening to me. Me and my lawyer were basically saying that we want her to get drug testing, at-home visits, all kinds of stuff. And her lawyer was like, that's all in the past. Well, come to find out. Nice. Your lawyer can just say it's all the past and it magically just poof. 
all in the past. Like I just found some boxing wrappers in my house. It's not in the past. So and I'm not familiar. What is, what is Suboxone? Suboxone supposed to be something to help you get off opiates or heroin and all that. Mm. It's made by the government. But I believe from my research of talking to addicts, it's like just getting them off street heroin and putting them on government heroin because people will be taking it for like years plus. And it's like, that defeats the whole purpose. Right. Now, it be like a short term thing. Exactly. So now you're addicted to Suboxone and we're sitting there in court and she admits to taking off of my child and keeping them for me. She admits to the, the judge asked her, what kind of money do you bring to the table? And she goes, well, I don't work, but my son gets 735 a month for social security. And the judge is like, that's not your money. And I'm like, thank you. But still these red flags aren't clicking with anybody. You know, like she's literally stealing money from these kids. She's doing drugs and she's what well, we're finding out. She's doing them during pregnancy. Like you can blame the first one, I guess if you're a drug user, the first time you randomly get pregnant, but this has happened so many times that you know it's wrong. You know you shouldn't be doing it. And she knew I would never agree with it. But I never in a million years throughout all the bad things that we had throughout our relationship, I knew she was evil and I knew she was vindictive and I knew me and her had problems. But I never imagined that she was the cause for what these children have went through. So that right there, when I'm finding out all these things leading up to court, like, it's making me worry even more. And I'm constantly on people's butt. Like I need her in court like now, like something, because she even told me like, I don't have to give them back to you. There's no custody agreement. And I was like, I'm trying to get a custody agreement. I just want to see you to get you served. And I had to get her served in front of a courthouse in front of another court hearing. That was the only way I was able to find her. So when that happens, by the time I filed, I had probably, a hundred times more information and proof of child neglect, medical and all this. I brought it all with me to court. They didn't want to look at any of it. They didn't want to address any of these problems. It was all targeted at mom. What's best for mom, this and that. They even gave her a question at the end and they never gave me this question. They said, Ms. Duff, is there any reason, and I mean any reason, Mr. Vanderhagen shouldn't see his child? And she threw me for a loop and she says, no, he's a great father. She literally told the truth, but it's like, why didn't you give me that option to ask? Because right. I got a lot of reasons why she shouldn't have custody of my child. It is so lopsided. Even if you don't have children, family court is so lopsided in the female direction. It's ridiculous. It's I mean, it really well, most of the time, but I've been on the other, we're dealing with the other side of that and it sometimes it's a lot more about um, who's well connected to the judges. That, that's exactly what I was going to say is because they usually side with one, either who's got the most money or who they can take the most money from yeah. or, or who, you know, and from what I'm learning, we do think she has some connection somewhere in front of the court. It might not be circuit court because circuit court is where they threaten her with jail on the other custody cases. Yeah. yeah family but, court is vastly different than normal. Exactly. Court. And that's what I learned. And they, uh, you know, the fact that they give you a referee judge, it's like everything they put me through, they did a hundred times more effort than my child's custody case, which was like 25 minutes. So when all that happens on the 28th, I literally leave 
and I re I take the bank statements I found in my house and it had like Kylie Jenner cosmetics on it. It had a bunch of makeup stuff. Um, everything in my son's social security besides what it's supposed to be used for. So I knew there was fraud going on here and I went and handed it over to social security. That all happened on the same day, like court. And then I left, went to social security. I reported, they put a freeze on the money. I didn't know she filed it that quickly, but the next day, then my lawyer knew I was trying to figure out all the fraud stuff and got me bank subpoenas. They filed that the 29th. And then that's when I randomly get a phone call from mom saying, I think something's seriously wrong with Killian. I think it's shunts malfunctioning. And it's basically the worst case scenario that could happen with them. But it just came out of nowhere. And I had a gut feeling something's not right about it. But when you fear for your child, you just drive out there and you don't think. And I sat with them at the hospital through two separate hospital stays, three days of peace, and nobody can find this mysterious thing that mom's saying. And they still couldn't even find it in an autopsy. They just left his death as undetermined. And there's because they, they only listened to mom's story. I told him, I said, I think something happened to my child. She might have poisoned him. They didn't check for any poisons. All they did was check on his shunt. And they come back empty-handed after six months. So that's left in the dark. But basically, from the day court happened, my son's dead within three weeks. So it was like, I tried everything to just get people to listen to me. Be like, look, I know you don't know me and her. I'm willing to tell you everything about a relationship. I'm willing to be open about everything to save a child's life. Like you just have to listen to me and look at these things and look at this pattern and dig up your old records and anybody that has a pattern. Like, I mean, say if I had six DUIs, eventually you're going to be like, you got a serious drinking problem. Right. You no got so is there, so they didn't do a full autopsy. They just checked the shunt and then said, sorry, we don't know what happened. Yeah. Is there any way that you can request a full autopsy, your attorney? I have that's in the works, but I don't have a bunch of money. Like basically when I talk to the people at the lab, they explain that there's hundreds of things someone can poison you with, but unless they know, like you give them some ideas, you got to narrow it down. You can't say test for all poisons. It'd be there all day. Like, like I, she's just like, she doesn't have access to like crazy labs, right? It would be probably something. No, but, but what I'm saying is like, someone could give you antifreeze and if nobody knew someone gave you antifreeze they want it wouldn't come up in some normal testing but if someone's like hey test for antifreeze i think they gave it to her then they could narrow down their spectrum and they could test focus on that and find it so it is possible to find things but it it boils down to one thing just like the courts money like yeah. they don't want to spend the extra time and money so i took that on my own and it's kind of like I've investigated over years to find patterns of things that were happening around him that she might have used before I start shouting out things to the medical examiner. His samples were safe and I paid for him to be moved. So I just put that on the back burner because I don't want to bug the new medical examiner just keep throwing like random yeah, things yeah. out at him. So are you getting closer to narrowing that down possibly? I think so. Like I think I found some clues and some things I want to test for finally. But then when I was getting to that point, all this happened. And basically it was just, 
what the cops and everyone doesn't understand is it takes longer for me to do it because it's hard. Like when you have to continue to dig into these things, you have to continue. I've looked at my son's death photos. I've had to see things that no parent should have to see, but I care about figuring it out for him. And well, it was big. at least three other children's lives at stake right now, right? I believe. And I've researched a lot of stuff to do with Munchausen's. I wouldn't just claim someone has that just randomly. It's been years of investigating her and all the patterns to do with the kids and then looking for a reason behind all of it. And when I stumbled upon reading everything involved with Munchausen's, it makes sense. And what she does is I went through the extent of having people that have been investigating her Facebook because she displays the children differently. And a lot to do with Munchausen's is based around attention and sympathy. And oh, yeah. she, she shows my son pictures of my son that I would never show of him to the world, you know, in his worst condition. And she shares those memories year after year. Every time he's sick, she's taking pictures of him. When we're in the hospital for a surgery, she's constantly snapping pictures and it never made sense. But I didn't used to pay attention to Facebook that much. You know, I was living in the moment. And right. I just You're never. When he's happy and when he's like, oh, he's got a cute little costume on or whatever. I definitely would never take pictures while he's sick or in the hospital. But then in the end of his life, I started documenting everything because when I left her in like May of 2017, all these stories came with like, he comes with me, he's fine. And then we have a little problem and he comes home to you and he's sick. So I started documenting everything for court. And when it happened after court, the mysterious hospital visits made me document even more. Like I was videotaping, I was trying to record everything to look, be like, look, something's going on. He's perfectly fine with me. And then he goes home with her and he ends up sick. And there's a pattern of this sickness. And I think she knew that I was onto it. She knew what I was going to find in those social security records. She knew what I found in the house with the journals and the drugs. Me and her have gotten a lot of little, not arguments. It's always been this tone. I don't argue in front of the kids. We don't get crazy. There's never been cops call or anything, but I call her out on her lies. And she always runs away from it. And that came into every time we have a little breakup, like she would take off with my kid. I'd be like, I don't work this weekend. Leave my kid home with me. I don't care if you want to disappear for a week on a drinking bender. Just leave the child home with me so I can watch him. She always took him with him like he was like a pawn. So, I mean, unfortunately, like no matter how evil I feel like this woman is, I bow down to her because you're using the one thing that I love more than anything and basically threatening to take him away from me. And it, it made me fear these things. So after so everything happens, I just basically shut down after he died. And I crawled away. You know, I tried to work his case. I tried to figure things out. But there's some days you just you can't take it and you just shut down. So I would leave things in other people's hands, like the cops. And sure. then eventually they didn't try hard enough. And I kept trying. I kept picking myself back up every time I get down. And 2019 basically led to like, I'm going to finally speak up and really start talking and defending my child. And everything 
I did on his birthday is what they claim called the police of my two long videos and then me exposing some things about the judge. And that was dedicated to him. It was my birthday. And it's like, you know, if this is the last thing I do on this earth, I'm going to tell the world what they did and what they did wrong. And hopefully someone can hear this story and it could maybe help save another life. Well, like I can't. Uh, I, I have read, uh, you know, most of the articles about what happened. I didn't actually get to watch the two videos that you released. So in the two videos you released that landed basically kind of landed you in jail because that's what set her off, right? That's what made her fear for her little life. Well, yeah, a lot of people think it's over the shovel, but the cops were called before the shovel picture. The and shovel picture, said, there's no, a total manipulation. And, and, and it describes right in the shovel picture what it's about. You know, like I'm an artist and I, I use props to describe things. I, I draw, I, mean, I, I make- It pretty clear to me what you meant. Exactly. And anybody that knows me and what I've been digging up knows that that's what John does. He digs all day. Like I dedicated my life to yeah, figuring you know, someone who doesn't know you should get that from that picture. He's digging up dirt. He's digging up corruption. There's no physical threat of violence here. Exactly. And the thing is, is like I, I've over time of digging on mom and exposing mom over the last couple of years since his death, I've shared court documents and people's names are on there, but I've never, I've really never spoke up about them. And it was this year when I made those two videos, I described my whole court case word for word, how it happened, went down. Like, I don't need a transcript. That's my real life. I know how it went down. I know where they went wrong. And I finally put names to all the people and basically told, you know, like told the world, I, I didn't think it would go past Macomb County, but I know there's people that have dealt with these court system, these people. And it's like, you need to go in there and be prepared for what could happen if you're fighting for your child's life because this has happened to too many families i've researched there's other fathers that have literally tried to save their kid's life cps doesn't listen to them the courts don't want to listen to them and they keep throwing the kids back to the abusers and it doesn't make sense but it kind of makes sense with all this money that they extort from you know families because they're making so much money off family court and it would be useless for them to try to take money from the mother of my child. She doesn't work. She doesn't have no money. So let's go for dad that has the money. And ultimately it's, it's not about what's best for the child. And that's what, you know, I'm trying to speak up and help other people is because something has to change. Like it, it has to. Hey, uh, so some of the chat is asking if there's a link to the live stream. Uh, are, chat, are you talking about this one or the videos that are being mentioned in, in the conversation? So, uh, about this one, it's currently happening on my page as well. Yeah. Um, sorry. So you're talking about my, uh, my worst nightmare right here because we're going through family court trying to get my wife's girls and I say my wife's girls, but I'm actually, uh, their favorite. So um i i am terrified that that we're going to start winning this case and we will because he's terrible um and <laughs> that not him as much but his new wife is going to harm my girls and um this is a really tough uh conversation to have just and i, I can't imagine what it's like for you to have to 
continually relive this as you're trying to get to the bottom of it. And I'm, I'm really sorry. And I know that doesn't mean much, but I mean, it, it does though. Like, because I never expected anybody to like find out about this. I, like when I heard bits and pieces while I'm in jail, I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, like they even didn't let me watch the news in jail. So I didn't know what's real, what's happening. And when I came out, like, I'm not going to lie. There was days where I'm like, is this really real? Like, do this many people know? And I've had people reaching out to me. There's been multiple people that said because of what happened to my story, it gave them the courage to start talking up about their problems with family court and what's going on. So I think there's a part of it that that's what keeps me going talking about is because that's the whole goal. Like, I can't bring my child back. But if I can help maybe – talk about things and help bring change then i'm all for it but ultimately like this problem it, it's not just in my town it's all over the country and yeah. people are scared to speak up because the courts just like the mother did with my child they, they dangle your child in front of you you know it's like if you speak up basically it could affect your case and i just got to the point where it's like i'm gonna speak up for him like you have I've already hit rock bottom. Like that's the worst thing that could happen in my life is losing him. So if, if this is the last thing I do on earth, then I, I know at the end of the day, I can look up at my baby boy and be like, your dad gave it his all. Like he did everything possible to speak up and defend you. And that, I mean, it's not easy, but that's why I do it. Like, I, so, <laughs> Kind of, kind of going back through the story, there was a couple things um, I wanted to kind of point out or just touch on. Uh, when you were talking about uh, why, or when we were talking about why um, courts seem to favor mothers, uh, first off, so hold that thought for a second. Laura Ewing is bringing up some really good points about um, borderline personality disorder. Um, I guess it's something she's had to deal with. And she says that it, everything that you're talking about, it, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Is that, um, um, I honestly agree with that. I, I don't, I'm not claiming to be a doctor or whatever, right. but when you do enough research and you live with someone and you see all their patterns and I basically studied the mom of my child because, because of my child, if, if I would have yeah. had a child, I would have been done with her, but I've had to try to make sense of everything. And the things she's done. Yeah. I do believe she has multiple personalities and I believe, you know, there's some physically mentally things wrong with her and she has stayed clear of all kinds of doctors and therapists. She knows that. And the drugs I feel like are just, it's a coping mechanism. Like, the drugs aren't the main problem. Like there's something wrong with her because even after my child died within the first month, there's a marriage proposal and she's trying to get pregnant. Wow. I can't even fathom having another child right now. Like I haven't tried to have another relationship for the fact is I don't want to involve anybody in this mess. Like I want to, once this is all done, he gets justice to start over and not have to, bring someone into all this but ultimately is even at that i could never think about having another child right now like he's all i think about and she is i believe 
the the things I've seen is like nobody with a real heart could do these things. And there there's a blackness behind her eyes. She doesn't show emotions. Like even when we're at the hospital, you know, when these mysterious things are happening. At first, the first hospital, I don't know what to believe. Like I I seen something with my son the very first time that scared me. And she shows up at the hospital with him and it looked like my son was nodding out on something. And I've only seen that in adults. Didn't know what was wrong with him, but she looked like she was messed up too. And she talked about it on Facebook. She was, I didn't find out till later, but throughout the whole hospital visits, she's on Facebook more than she's focused on my son. She let me hold him the whole time. She let me do everything. And she was taking pictures, making posts. And she never once showed any emotions. I'm in tears, you know, like I've been in tears in some of my videos. I can't control it. You know, like I don't like to cry in front of people, but it, when I talk about my son, it's real. And I, I cried in court. Those were real tears, you know, like <coughs> and that's what was disturbing about me with the judge is she didn't show no emotions till the very end, like saying she was in fear for her life. And then these like crocodile tears came on and I'm like, so, yeah, I really, really, really want to jump into the whole judge part of this thing and that part of, you know, the tail end of the, uh, yeah, all that jazz. Okay. So real quick, uh, we do have the link up. There is a change, yeah. uh, change.org petition to recall is recall or impeach or whatever the word is for getting a judge removed. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. I signed it today. Everybody. I mean, like I look at the amount of people on there and obviously it's beyond my opinion anymore. And yeah, I don't even have to state my opinion on her. Like the world spoke up. And I mean, that's what I'm thankful for is because I put my, my freedom in the hands of a jury because I knew I would never have got a fair trial had I not done that. Yeah. Uh -huh. So you this know, is a really, sorry, uh, this, Eric yes. and Laura have been amazing yeah. in chat. Um, Eric, she let me hold him. That's what domestic violence looks like. He is your son. She doesn't have the right to allow you to be a father. Biology yeah, does. Like saying you get to babysit your son. That's bullshit. That's your son. No, like she, she even did that one day when, when he was missing. I found him, like, and, and I still didn't do what a father would want to do and go grab your child. But one story short, I, I met her at a, an appointment that she tried to keep me out of. And when I seen her there, she wouldn't even let me hold my child. Like she had been missing with him. And then she disappeared again. Like she played this game, keeping him from me. And she knew that she knew this is the way to hurt him. Like, because she was heartbroken and felt, abandoned and all kinds of things and she wanted me to hurt the way she was so how do you hurt someone that's not in love with you we're you talking for their child? about like a 30 something year old here right she's in her 30s i'm 35 so i would say she's about 33 by now yeah okay this is something a teenager does with a sweatshirt not a child an adult with a child like this is so ridiculous i can't even compute with this like i've gone through a divorce and i had a child i would have could never have imagined using a child as a you know to dangle to make someone do my bidding or to make them you know act a certain way or whatever this is just disgusting to me on so many levels i'm really so sorry and it's actually taking quite a bit for me not to cry this entire podcast 
I understand. Like, I mean, it is like, that's why I can't give up on it because in my opinion, until the, the problems taken away, CPS can continue to remove kids from her. And all she does, she goes and has new kids. So until you put her behind bars, this problem will continue to happen. And like I said, she went and had another child after, and we found out she was still on Suboxone during that time. Like, I can't look at the kids' medical records, but if you didn't quit Suboxone this whole time, I don't think you're quitting it again through this pregnancy. And that's the thing she knows about is, like, nobody can dig into all these kids at once. You know, she bounces around. Okay, so yeah. Understand what she had the other people sign the the. into things. She let her guard down when she fell in love with me. She did things she never did before, and I signed the birth certificate. Um, she told me all kinds of things that she's never told people, but it got to the point. The more and more I learned, it was kind of horrifying. Like you're not a good person, but what do I do? Like I have a child with you, and I always had my fears about the court system, and they proved me right. And that's the biggest regret in my life is because after those hospital visits, I really knew in my gut and my own mom even said, you got to do something. She's going to hurt that child. And I was trying, I filed another motion with even more things involved. And by the time she got that court paper, he's dead two days later. So in my eyes, I felt like she thought she was finally going to be caught because I was trying to send her to prison before he ended up dead. You know, like, so what does your lawyer, what, it, what are the next steps? Um, I, I want to know where you go from here. What is next for you? What is next for these other children in her care who are obviously in danger? Um, honestly, one, my lawyer, he's just a criminal defense lawyer, so he can't take care of everything. You know, from what I'm learning, there's different lawyers for everything, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I ultimately, I have to keep digging and I'm, I'm to the point where I think I might have enough evidence to where if I can present it to the right police and all that, that they might reopen things. And what they need to do is I know her better than anyone. They need to pull her phone records and pull her computer records. And that's going to show a much darker side and they're going to learn a lot of stuff. But she knows these loops in our system and these whole like she hides behind HIPAA laws and she hides behind, you know, any little law that she can. So you and said something earlier that led me to believe that maybe you could pull the FBI into this. I, when she took off with your son or one of the other kids, was she, was she crossing state lines? Do you know? No, not at that point, but um, she does jump counties. Like right now she has, she has a warrant for arrest in Macomb County, but she's in Lapeer and we've alerted the cops. I even, told the detective while I was in jail, I said, you know, I think it's kind of funny that you guys sent out the marshals for me for a Facebook post, but you got this woman that owes child support that here's her exact address and they didn't do nothing about it. And they still refuse to like the other dad has updated their address with her. And it's like, that's the problem with everybody is like, I've had to bounce all around the state to collect all these pieces because Nobody wants to talk to each other because it's different counties. Like that's not our problem. That's oh, I, not I, I don't think it's that at all. They they can get money from you. They can't get money from her, and they know it. So why would they bother going after her? Very true. Very true. And and 
as far as like the court stuff that happened with me, I mean, that's a story. Like, honestly, that woman was out of line and I've never contacted her. I've never went around her. I simply voiced my opinion about it. And I don't even know, like, the only way to see what I'm posting is to go to my page. So you're actually the one stalking me. You're the one going and looking for it. And how ironic, right? I honestly, like, I feel like, you know, like the president, I feel like some people when you're higher up, you shouldn't even be on social media and you definitely shouldn't be part of the drama. So like, I never thought my stuff is going to make it her way. It wasn't right. about her. It was about warning other parents. And then it was like, people tried to twist and manipulate everything at court. Like they didn't, they didn't want to tell them everything I posted about on Facebook. They just wanted to pick and pull pieces and I'm Very like, you look bad, sort of. Exactly. Because Even the bad. I think it makes you look like a concerned parent and a concerned citizen concerned about corruption, concerned about judges, maybe making decisions that are suspect and why let's figure out why. Exactly. And, and there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. My lawyer knew that too. And you know, like the day I got slapped with that half a million dollar bond, it was instantly like, that's in, so insane. He brings up like, when, when I got arrested the first time, like they were trying to intimidate me then. It's like, it's as if they didn't want people to know I got arrested that day. And nobody did besides like two people. And that's a scary thing is when nobody knows what's happening to you and stuff. And I was given orders to not contact the judge, not go around or this. And I was served PPOs when I got out of jail. And I followed that. Like, she tried to make everything about her. There's so many things on my Facebook that they tried at one point in time to bring into play. It didn't come to trial, but I look at them like those aren't even about her. That's about the mother of my child or that's about this and that. Like you're not that special. Like right. I gave you about maybe 10 posts and that's it. And, and once I got out of jail, it wasn't about her anymore. It was about the system as a whole because it's, it was the state taking me to court. So it was like me voicing my opinion about that, which I don't feel like I was in the wrong wall for because they told me, don't say nothing about the judge, leave the judge alone. So when we were at court for the bond revoke, they started bringing up silly things like posts that had nothing to do about them. And the judge is like, well, you're not supposed to be posting at all. And I was like, that's not what I was told. I was told that to leave the judge alone. And I follow those rules. And he had his little type lady. It's in the transcript. She says, he goes, well, look up his record, his, his terms, what he's supposed to do. And she goes, it just says no contact with the judge and this and that. And he goes, well, it should have said no Facebook, no social media, nothing. Oh, my God. Should have, could have, would have. Exactly. So, and, then, and then comes in, like, my lawyer saying that I have freedom of speech. And that judge literally says, well, that doesn't always apply. And that's when he oh. slapped we're going to rewrite the constitution because you're outing us, you know, like and I, I believe it was much bigger than just the judge I called out because I wasn't just calling out her. I was calling out the whole court system and how they go about things. And I feel like they all work together to silence me. Right, so, hang on. I gotta, I gotta jump in and I'm very sorry, but we are up against time. 
I'm not going to yeah, be able to put this out in video form if we go any longer. Uh, first off, I'm very sorry that all this happened to you. Uh, yeah, please, please stay in touch. Um, I will. If you have uh, any GoFundMe. That might have been me. I'm bad. All right. That's <laughs> fine. Uh, if you have any like GoFundMes or anything like that, let us know and yeah. we would be more than happy to share it. We're going to share the uh, petition uh, a couple times over the next couple of weeks. Uh, uh, keep, keep up the fight. Uh, we are behind you 100%. And I'm very sorry this happened to you. Thank you. Thank you. Jonathan, do you have a change.org? Or I'm sorry, no, no, no. A, uh, you know, go find me. Uh, one was started while I was in jail, and I haven't shared it. Like I'm, I'm horrible with that. Like I don't usually ask people for help, and I'm starting to learn people want to help. So I was going to reshare it. Yeah, fighting the corrupt justice system is definitely something we want to help with. Yeah, because, because our comment section wants to help put these judges where they need to be. So we need to get that out there. Please get that to me. I will get it out. And. Because, yeah, we want to get you, we want to, you know, we want to see results. We want to get to the bottom of exactly how your son died. I appreciate that. Honestly, that means the world. Like, it's just, I don't want people's money, but I realize this battle, like, I'm going to need certain people involved. And you're going to need I a would, attorney and we need to help you with that. So please get us that that link and we'll get it out there for you. I greatly appreciate it. Like, I, I don't know how to thank you guys. Like, it's just, it, it's just something I can't like walk away from. Like it has to get figured out. Like I even care more about that than what happened to me. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. Definitely, like I, I'm all for everybody exposing people because I mean, that's what we're supposed to do as citizens is to look into people and people get away with corruption is because no one looks at the people standing right in front of them. Exactly. So we're going to do as much as we can. So um, please do keep in touch and let us know of any developments in your case and anything that's happening. And we'll have right, you. And, and everyone else, um, we, I know we have some, we have someone on Thursday. I don't want to shill at this point. Um, keep an eye on our page. Any, any developments on this story, we're going to try to keep it at the forefront as much as we can and yeah. really push people to get involved um, thank you for coming on our show and everyone else will see you on Thursday. All right. Thank you for having me.